Health coach, wealth coach. They sound similar, but most of us look at them differently. If we don't feel healthy, we consider hiring a coach, maybe even someone like me, to hold your feet to the fire and keep a strong focus on desired goals. But on a different note, if we don't feel wealthy, it doesn't feel like a coach could help us. We feel that we would have to be wealthy first and then the coach could help us. Nothing could be further from the truth. Today, our guest, Joe Oakley, a financial advisor, also known as a financial coach, is here with me to share how the direction not perfection principles align with financial coaching. Are you intrigued? Stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining me. I am your host, Lindsay House, registered dietitian, private trainer, accountability coach, author. I have been working with clients for over 13 years, passionately changing the culture of health and fitness. I'm out here smashing scales, helping individuals rewrite the rules to what success looks like in their life. I want to change generational thinking, no more all or nothing mentality, get rid of the diets and believe in the individualized journey. We are stronger than we will ever accept and beautifully made just the way we are. Keep your eyes on your own paper and trust your own path. Thank you for trusting me and letting me be a constant encouragement through your week. Let's get this motivation started. Welcome to your podcast, Direction Not Perfection. Happy Podcast Friday. Welcome to episode 178, Financial Direction Not Perfection with financial advisor, Joe Oakley. It's interesting how much our financial stability directly affects our health and fitness. We need money to put food on our table, to give us a home, seek after life adventures, so much more. Worrying about money causes stress and anxiety, and this all ripples into our health. You don't have to be wealthy to be smart with what you have. You just need to be open-minded and willing to accept help from professionals that could expedite your process to that peace of mind that you're seeking with your money. So tune in today as Joe discusses how he helps the average young family achieve their financial goals using techniques similar to the ones found in Direction Not Perfection. You know, things like little by little by, one small step forward makes you better off than you were yesterday. You may not be where you want to be, but you're better than you were yesterday. Ever heard of ripple effects, the power of compound interest, smart goals, utilizing a coach? Yes, I hope this all sounds familiar to you. These are the same techniques used in financial coaching, and I'm so excited for you to understand and hear how Joe puts it all together. Hey, one last question before we get started. If you have not joined our powerhouse community yet, what's holding you back? Please always feel free to reach out to me if you ever have any questions or maybe you just have specific needs. If I can't help you, my promise is that I will help refer you to a professional that can. I truly care about your health journey. Now, let's get this interview started. Please help me welcome today, Joe Oakley. We're going to talk financial direction, not perfection, health and money. Welcome, Joe. Oh, thank you so much for having me today here, uh, Lindsay. I'm really excited to connect with you and go through some of this stuff. Oh, I am as well. And I think our listeners are in for such a treat because I already know this. You're going to do such a great job of, we're going to play a lot with like how the money talk can fit right into health talk, which sounds crazy, but it does. So before we go there though, do you want to give us a little bit of your background, kind of where you are in life? 
Sure, sure. Yeah. So uh, I am 15 years into being an advisor. I'm a CFP, which stands for kind of certified financial planner. It's the the highest uh, designation I can kind of get in my field. So even though I have 15 years of experience, I'm only 35 years old uh, because I was fortunate to kind of stumble into this when I was in college find, hey, I don't have to work in New York City and like sell my soul for you know the next decade and be miserable. There's actually a way to help real people do real things with their money, uh, middle-class people, helping them like actually see these benefits, see these goals come to fruition. And that was just so energizing for me. So where I interned at New Horizons, I still am and uh, you know essentially running the company right now. So it's been a really cool, fun ride for the beginning of my career. And I'm just here and uh, happy that I can keep spreading this message to other people out there because I'm guessing like, you know, on your side of things, Lindsay, the information isn't so readily available, maybe not taught in school as much as it should be. So I'm happy to really help share that with people that may not know about it. I love that. So your typical client, tell us who that person is who finds you. Sure. So we we specialize in working with middle-class families so people that have children, people that want to go to school, come to your you know, middle to upper middle class American kind of family. And that's just for us, it, it's so fulfilling. If we worked exclusively, let's say, with high net worth or ultra high net worth people that really most advisors out there chase because they have more money um, then you know, helping somebody always say get a second yacht. Not so fulfilling. Helping somebody retire early or get out of a job that they might not like. That's awesome. I mean, I leave that meeting feeling so energized. So it's really cool that we get to work with people like that. I especially like working with young families. So people that are in their, let's say their 30s, their careers getting going, and now they they have the means to help themselves because that's where I am. And I kind of found out by looking at other people out there in my position that, hey, they don't really know what's going on because they weren't, again, taught anything. So if I can help set them on the right path now, I could just add immense amounts of happiness for them and their family as they proceed through the years. You don't have to like, you know, play catch up then when you're 50 years old, you can have a nice consistent, you know, trajectory upwards. And that way, again, you have more free resources to do the things that make you happy in life in the meantime. I could just see you getting so jazzed and I want to hear what's your biggest, like when somebody, you can see a light bulb go off that aha moment happen. Like where are some of the times that you see that happen for the client where it seems so second nature to you, but for them, it's like, no one ever told me that. Yeah. Yeah. So the biggest thing is, you know, when we have a a first meeting with somebody, we're just trying to kind of learn about them and see what they want to do. Because my job as an advisor is not to put a big number on a piece of paper, which you might think like I'm meant to just get as much money as possible for you. My job is to really make whatever you want to have happen in your life happen. So if that's retiring early, great, I can help with that. If you want to, if you love your job and you want to contribute more to your kids or to charities or something like that, we can do that too. If you want to maximize how many vacations you take, put in a pool, like whatever makes you happy, that's my goal to help you do that. And so when people realize like, oh, there's somebody out there to actually help me with these things and, mm-hmm. and I can do things that I couldn't do before, it's that, that's why I love working with young people because I get that aha moment more. If somebody comes to me right when they're about to retire and they're not in a good place, you know, there's only, I only have a a year maybe to help them. Whereas if they start when they're 30 and I can show them like, Hey, you're on an awesome path already. Well, then that's even better. Now they can be encouraged to do more trips to Disney. And they're like, really, my advisor is telling me to spend money. 
yes, I am telling you to spend money because you've done such a good job on everything else already. So those are kind of the moments where people realize like, hey, there's someone that helped me. Hey, I can do this thing that I never thought was going to be possible. That's what is just, I mean, that, that just, again, that energizes me and makes me want to help the next person. Right. And I think that a lot of times people take them out of this spot of asking for that help because they feel like the people who have financial advisors are the people who have, you already stated this earlier, but a ton of money to manage. So like, if that's not in that person's current state, then why would I ever hire a financial advisor? So exactly. yeah, I you're putting so. them right back in this conversation, right? Like everybody could use you. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, our industry is like, so my firm is New Horizons Wealth Management and that's like super intimidating, like, oh, wealth management, but really it should be called like want to have wealth management or like want to be happy management yes. kind of a thing that would make a lot more sense. But our industry uh, is not, uh, you know, unfortunately I don't get to make all the rules for what things are called in our industry, but that would be much more fitting for how we work with people and the people that we hope reach out to us. That's what I was going to say. I feel like it's that initial invite in of like, does it match what, how I think of myself type of a thing. I was lucky because my dad was a veterinarian, but actually like way more interested in what you do. And, you know, from a young age was handing us books like rich dad, poor dad. And oh, that's so cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I a little bit of that's been built in, but Okay. Let's go back. I want to go through before we hit the record button and you were like, I love the name direction, not perfection. And we were going through how this kind of aligns with money. And can we, let's rewind and go through all those topics again for a second. Cause I feel like the listeners will love this and it's so beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, I told you direction, not perfection, I think is such a cool title because whether it's your health or your finances, it can often feel like uh, it's overwhelming. There's so much to do to be perfect. There's so much to do to do it absolutely right. And so often, you know, that could be the enemy of taking any steps forward. If, if you're only concerned about the perfection, then that is really the enemy of taking that first step. And so, you know, we always try to encourage people to, to realize and look at, you know, if I take one step forward in a better direction than where I, where I am today, then that's fantastic. And you should feel proud about that. You should feel, you know, pat yourself on the back about that. And so when you're looking at these parallels, like you mentioned, the first one is kind of, you know, it affects our relationships in, in similar ways. So if you don't have your health, Obviously, that creates stress, anxiety on a relationship. Same thing with money. When they do studies, money is one of those first things that pop up as what is uh, can cause a negative relationship with you or whoever else you're you're with. And money is at the top of that list, you know, because it affects what you can do or what you can't do in life. And the problem is that in school we have such little education around money. Just, you know, I remember in health is probably similar too. I think the food pyramid I was taught is quite outdated now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but, you know, the financial education is, uh, you know, is certainly lacking even to this day, I know for a fact from everybody that I speak to. And so we come out of school and we don't know anything and we're supposed to figure it out. And if we don't know it, then we're deemed, you know, bad with money. So it's, you know, it's unknowns and it's uncomfortable and, you know, it's anxiety provoking. So, you know, just from that, that basic standpoint, it can be really, you know, unsettling for people kind of a deal. So, you know, does that seem to make sense from a, from a health standpoint from where you're coming from, Lindsay? Absolutely. I, yes, I am agreeing with the initial education of it all. And then it builds this, I should know this and I don't. So now I'm embarrassed to ask the question or ask for help around it. 
And now that we don't do that, or we, I think this happens a lot in finance too. We see it role modeled. We see our health role modeled. And then instead of asking the questions or bumping out of the role modeling, we just follow it up, you know, because that's just what we know. Yeah, absolutely. So my question to you, and before we move forward with that would be like some real tangible tips. If, if somebody, if we're really thinking little by little, small actions here, were to go, maybe your top three books that at least they kept on the shelf and they started leafing through or like, what are some of your real easy get started points? Sure. Yeah. The, the first part I would say is to think about what would actually make you happy. And it may seem like crazy. Like, of course I know what what makes me happy for me. I realized when I did this exercise to stop, I really didn't. I was caught up in like my daily life and what I have to do for this morning and when I have to pick up my kid from school. And when I stopped to think about it, I could be much more definitive where I wanted to go. It's like a a map that has no destinations on it, just has a you are here sticker is not a useful map. You know, that's you throw that in the garbage. So creating those destinations is really important because now you know where you want to go. If you just say, you know, I want to retire one day, that's not really as definitive as it needs to be to, to help you go forward. So it may seem like that's like basic, like everybody knows that already. But if you stop to think about that, and you stop to really identify that more clearly, then you have a much better chance of actually reaching those things. So we always now as a family try to go new places that we haven't gone before every year, because I realized like that actually made me really happy. And let's not just do it by happenstance because, you know, my cousin's getting married down there. Like, let's intentionally try to do those things now. So that's kind of the the first easy step that I would say is be more intentional where you're trying to go and what would actually make you happy. So we call it smart goal setting over, and maybe you kind of do this too on your side, but like, because you could go, I want to be thinner or I want to be, you know, I want my blood pressure under control, but with no measurable steps to get there. And that's what I'm hearing out of you too. I want to retire. Okay. Well, what are the measurable steps to get there? And so you're helping people layer in those steps Could you actually give us a little case study with a person? Like, let's take a 30-year-old who walks in your office. Mm -hmm. We'll say they are newly married, no kids yet, Mm -hmm. and they're both like at a 50,000 income. Okay. Yeah. So the, you know, a lot of our family, I would say if I could just add on the kid piece of it, I think it might be a better illustration for for all the listeners. So yep. a lot of people walk in and they have kids and they'll say, and we'll say, oh, do you want, you know, to help them pay for school when they get older? Is that one of your goals? And they'll say, yeah, you know, I think we'll do something like that. And you say, okay, well, is it going to, do you picture them going to an in-state school? Do you picture them going to an out-of-state school? Do you picture, you know, covering all of it? Do you picture covering half of it? And they look back at and forth at each other and they realize like, we've never had any of these conversations before. And mm-hmm. so what we see a lot is like for myself personally, uh, I, I had student loans, like, you know, part student loans coming out of school. My mom did everything she could to try to keep the loans down, but I came out of school with loans. And for me, I felt like that was great because it taught me responsibility for having to pay them and all that kind of stuff. My wife was fortunate enough where she didn't come out of school with loans. And so that was her mentality. So whatever you come out with, like that tends to be the mentality that you want to replicate with your kids. So with kids having that conversation is like one of the first basic things that we, that we kind of always go through that, that pop up. And then the next thing for younger families, like you said, is realizing that the most important thing long-term that they have their biggest asset, because they haven't saved up that much, is their future income potential. 
And so nobody wants to think about like death or becoming disabled, but those are the things that you could really work on when somebody is young and it's not expensive or anything like that. And again, you, you set them up and now that anxiety is gone. Like it's all about removing the anxiety and not just checking boxes. Oh, I have a 401k, check the box. Oh, I have some life insurance at work, check the box. Being like, I have enough life insurance. I'm confident in that. I know what path I'm on now with when I'm saving. Like Joe showed me that I can retire as early as 62 if I keep doing just what I'm doing now. Like I have that in my head now. So now since I have these more definitive items, I can see what I can do off of that now. I could see what else is possible for me. And so again, it just goes back to me with my energy and my excitement from having these conversations, seeing people like start to dream bigger than what they were dreaming before. In the end, I can picture this too. Like even somebody who's had these conversations with you and they've settled in and they've gotten anxiety out. Well, a couple of years passes, things become unclear. You have everything on file. Like all it is, is a phone call, you know, and I'm sure you can bring them right back into here are the facts. It's not an emotional based thing. Like you still have facts in front of you. Yeah. We don't even give them a year. Every year we meet with everybody to, to show them an update of where they're going because you know, if they wait three years and, you know, there could have been something else that they that they did or experienced, you know, sooner because they got a promotion or something like that. Again, I want to maximize the happiness that they can have in their life. So if I don't meet with them every year, then I can't really make sure that I'm doing my job as much as I want to with all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we don't even let it get to their point. We, we make sure we stay on top of them. They're going to be happy whether they want to or not. They're being happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best about finance. You know, like there is the, <laughs> I love it. There's a roadmap. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. let's talk about the embarrassment component that we started to touch base on. Yeah. Um, it's, again, it, it's really sad because the the education if we knew about it it would be it'd be so much easier you know shakespeare's great algebra is great but you know budgeting would be super super useful to everybody we're all going to have incomes and everything and with money it's extra um uh extra problematic because money in itself it's so taboo right we can't talk about money it's not it's not respectful to ask people about money it's you know it's inappropriate to do that so what your father you said did for you is so out of the box from what most people have. Like that's fantastic that they did that. So we always encourage young families, talk openly about money to your kids. Talk, you know, you don't have to like show them your 401k statement, but like talk to them about it, make them know it exists, make them know that I'm intentionally saving for a reason, make them know that, you know, I pay my bills in this way just because yeah, that's what makes it easier for me. Like my grandfather had like a cash envelope system and all of his daughters still remember that. So, you know, talk to talk to kids about money, because when you when people don't know, they're afraid to ask for help. A lot of times, as we were kind of talking about it, what does it cost? Uh, who should I really be going to? Do I have enough to, you know, to 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 look at that? And, you know, it doesn't sound like fun, like everybody knows they should get a colonoscopy, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you sign up right away and going to a, a professional might feel kind of like a financial colonoscopy type of a deal. So it's, uh, you know, it, I understand it, um, but it's so, it's so important. And, uh, you know, they can't, I know you can't come out of school knowing everything, but at least, you know, if like, if my toilet breaks, I know I can still call a plumber. I'm not anxious about that. Like, I know I call a plumber to fix the toilet when it's like, yeah. I have money and I'm not sure what to do with it. It's not as straightforward. Like, who am I supposed to call? Right. Right. You got it. And I, and again, I think this is where I love the space of getting to introduce people 
where it's comfortable. Like they can hear somebody like you and go, oh, it's just a phone call away. It's a website away that I can look at and start to feel comfortable there. So I do, I love that. It's get it on the calendar. Like I feel like if people could just throw, even if you have anxiety around it, put it on the calendar. And then what I can also see, even if it's six months down the road, is once they do meet with you, there's this like shoulder release of, oh, okay, I broke that. Like, it is like a doctor's appointment. I think if we haven't gone to the doctors in two years, it's terrifying because we don't know what they're going to find. And it's the same way with finances. Like, what if I walk into you and you tell me something really scary about my finances? So I've got blinders on. It'd be better not to know, but it's always better to know, right? Like if we know, then we can do course correction. Yeah, that's there's two interesting points from what you said there. So the first one is, uh, when you're talking about, you know, um, reaching out to somebody, getting it on the calendar, that's part of the reason why I started my own podcast so that people could hear my voice. People could hear a little bit what I'm saying. You know, I'm not a monster. I'm not out there to judge you kind of a deal. I'm there out there to help you. So I think that's a great point. You know, if you get it on the calendar or, you know, you, you know, more people put out stuff there that people maybe could hear them or see them and, and stuff, then that might, you know, take some of the fear away. And to your second point with, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll get bad news. It's amazing how even when I get bad news, people have to give bad news. People leave my office feeling so much better. Like they leave my office sometimes like they got good news because knowing where you are from, even if it's a, from a bad news standpoint, can be so relieving uh, when you compare it to thinking you're in a bad position and not knowing. Like that's yeah. that's even worse. So when people leave an office, my office saying, okay, I'm not where I want to be. But now I know what things I need to do to get me to where I want to be. They leave like so relieved and, and again, just feeling so much better. So um, I, I totally understand why that would be an initial reaction, why you may not want to, to jump into that if you think you might get bad news. But honestly, if you if you go to the right person and, and they break down where you are and you get clarity and a plan yeah. going forward, you're going to feel like a thousand times better. I totally agree. All right. You have a podcast and I'm smiling because I don't know if people tell you this all the time, but your voice, if you're just hearing your voice, you sound like, and I can't think of the actor's name, but he's Spider-Man, the one Spider-Man where he's acting with Kirsten Dunst. There's (laughs) too many Spider-Mans at this point. I don't know. (laughs) I'm going to find it and I'm going to email you. I'm talking about, but that's what I'm picturing from your podcast. It's just, it's sounding like you're getting financial advice from this actor. <laughs> I mean, to say that you're getting financial advice from Spider-Man like that, I don't know how I could get a better promo than that, right? <laughs> there you go. You're welcome. <laughs> yes, I appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> um, give our listeners the name of your podcast. Sure. It's called Enjoy More 30s Family Finance. Hmm. All right. And you're on iTunes, Spotify. Can we find you anywhere? You can find me everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, all the normal places. Uh, website is uh, just enjoymore30s30s.com. So if that's uh, your most comfortable way of going about it, you can find me there too. Awesome. Okay. We're not wrapping up. I just wanted to take that moment since it came. Let's exit the office actually and just talk about quick tips on, again, like families. Would you be recommending for a parent with kids is handing them a book the best or would you be taking like intentional time once a week to be sitting down and talking budget? Like what do you do with your kiddos? Yeah. So for my kids, I have my daughter that's five, Avery, and my son Noah is two. 
So with Avery, mm-hmm. we'll do lots of different pretend that's like our favorite thing to do. And so when we go to the grocery store or something like that, we could say, oh, this costs $5. This costs $3. Oh no, I only have, you know, $4. Which one do I want more? And so you, you know, something like that. So you can, I don't think my numbers worked out there. I just said, them, but, but making them like have to make decisions about it, you know, like I can have this or I can have that kind of a thing or talk to them, you know, when they get a little bit older, kind of like, oh, we're trying to save money here so we can go on this vacation down the road. So they, you tie it to, you know, I'm, I'm making a sacrifice maybe here, or I'm being intentional over here so I can do something that makes our family happen uh, you know, somewhere else. I've heard, I got from another podcast that I was interviewed on where they shared with me what they did with their, their daughters, which I thought was fantastic, where they had them kind of, they gave them a pool of money to pay for the energy bill because the daughters were a little aggressive with the blow dryers. And so the daughters had to moderate so that they could pay the energy bill. And then anything that was left over, if there was enough, they could go to Disney World with. And it was like used as an incentive. So I thought that was fantastic where somebody maybe that's a little bit older, you're getting responsibility of paying a bill that's, you know, you're not opening up the whole checkbook, but paying just like a normal bill. They're learning how to moderate their own things and how that ties to money. And then they get a reward that's tied to happiness, not just like, here's 20 bucks for doing a good job. It's tied to, you know, an actual life event. So I thought that was a a fantastic way to go about it as well. Oh, that is, it is. It's like turning things in again. I think this way with food, it's turning things into it's fun. And if we can get more of an abundance mindset around it versus a deprivational mindset around it, to your point, I'm gaining this trip because I am moderating here Mm -hmm. versus no, I can't spend here and I can't spend here. Like no one functions well off of deprivation. That that abundance 100% is so much more fun. I like the deprivation. It's always been explained to me as uh, abundance or scarcity, but deprivation, I, I like the way that you word that on the, on the flip side instead. That's very interesting. Well, yours is accurate. <laughs> My brain <laughs> goes to deprivation because I really feel like the second that people feel deprived from anything, food, money, whatever, it just makes us want it more. And so yeah, how do yeah, we the, avoid that? The only other thing I'll throw out there that I, I like for, for anybody listening that has kids is when you have like a, a kid that's working a part-time job over the summer or something like that to encourage them with savings. Like uh, a lot of parents don't want to give money directly to their children when they're younger because they're probably not the most responsible. I could say mm-hmm. I was definitely not the most responsible, you know, when I was 18 compared to where I am now at 35. And sure. so doing some kind of a matching thing. So let's say that they earn $2,000 on a part-time job over the summer. And you say, okay, for every dollar you, you earn, I'll match 50% and put it away in an account for you for the long term. And then, so that thousand dollars, now you have an opportunity to show them. I put this into what's called a Roth IRA, which is a type of an account for retirement that grows tax-free, which is, is a great resource, especially for younger people. This thousand dollars, if we assume you know 10%, might grow to $40,000 by the time you retire. And now maybe you could retire one year earlier. So you get to teach them kind of like, okay, hey, if you save, you know, with the company, with a 401k, when they get older, there's a matching component that a lot of people might be familiar with. So you're teaching them that mindset of going along with the 401k. You're showing them the power of how if they save young, what a huge difference it makes down the road, how much it can grow and and the compounding interest along the Mm -hmm. way. And then finally, you're tying it to an earlier retirement. You're tying it to a tangible happiness 
kind of a thing. So that's the one other thing that I like to throw out there for people, because I feel like it's a great way to encourage your kids to maybe work a little bit while also teaching them that lesson of all the positives of starting young and, and putting away money early. And if, if people can teach their children just to save early, their lives are going to be so much easier than if they try to play catch up later on down the road. Oh, absolutely. Have you read the book compound effect? Compound effect. I've not read actually. I'm going to throw that your direction too, but it works in finances. It works in health. And it's exactly what you're talking about. And there's also this component, and this was kind of a mantra in our house, but like money makes money. Mm -hmm. So like you save, and to your point of a company matching what you're willing to put in because you have a little money, you're making more money accidentally. Same thing with stocks and your, so anyways, I just feel like all of this talk again, and our listeners are going, Hmm, what's my first little step I'm going to do here. I would say, reach out to you, make sure you have, I talk coach, coach all the time, but Mm -hmm. you're like a financial coach. You're doing the same thing, handholding, taking the, the anxiety away from it, the unknown, and I was just talking to another podcast guest and she's like, do you know that NBA players have seven coaches? They have like, the, <laughs> you know, and we as normal human beings yeah. have normally none unless we're that person who goes, I know I need this in my life. So we got to start pulling in the experts, right? That's a really cool point too. And so a lot of times I feel like people that, you know, have too much help, it's like, you should want to, you should be able to do everything on your own. And it's such an unhealthy mindset. Like you can never do as much on your own as you can do in a team or a group of people with professionals that, that, that know how to do that and know how to help you. So that's a great analogy. When you go to the NBA, like we're trying to get these people to be at their best. So we're giving them seven coaches you know, you're as important as they are. Like give yourself all the tools that you need to succeed as well. Totally agree. Love this. What am I not asking right now that I should be? <laughs> uh, we talked about money in, in general, but uh, maybe I'll just hit hit the point home. You know, money, I always encourage people uh, to look at money as a tool, not as a goal in of itself. So we kind of like alluded to that, but it, mm-hmm. it really goes to, you know, some of the habits or rituals that I have for myself to try to always stay in a very good money mindset. So for example, like if you're making $100,000, let's say, and you get offered a job for $120,000, the default mentality is, oh, I should definitely take that, right? Like it's more money, more money is good, but money is really just a tool. Money allows you to do something that you're not already able to do on your own kind of a thing. So if that job makes you work an extra hour a day, you're going to lose six hours a week with your kids, let's say. So you're giving up something. So be really intentional. What is that $20,000 more now allow me to do that I can't already do now? So it might be, oh, now I can go and take them overseas to visit my family and they could see how I grew up. Like, that's a great reason. Or maybe, oh, now I can get a, a house that has a larger backyard so I can play baseball in my backyard like I always did with my father. That's a great reason. But know the reason. Don't just assume like more money is better and any trade-offs that I have to make in life are worth it because it's more money. So yeah, that that's one of the points that we kind of alluded to, but I'd really like to hammer home because I feel like it's so helpful for people. So helpful, so important. And I have something similar, I always call it helper hinder kind of way of looking at things, which is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It helps if you can go overseas, see family more often. Hinder, you spend five more hours at the office every day. Like, is that helping your family? Is it not? And then when you think, I think of the gym with that, like two hours of working out makes me grumpy and I'm not at home and dinner didn't get cooked. And so hinder one hour of working out, happy Lindsay, nicer to my kids. (laughs) 
you know, better, better in every aspect helps. So like, I think every time we get in that emotional dilemma of, of that decision-making is really good to put it on that scale of help or hinder because it clears it up pretty quickly, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We want to make sure that we're looking at both sides of the scale, like you just said, and coming to, okay, is this a net positive? Or is this a net negative? And then, and look, but looking at both sides before we go forward with a decision. Yeah, because I feel like in health too, you you could think more is better, more exercise is better, less calories is better as far as fighting more health, more health. And it's not necessarily the case. And I 100% agree with you with the money part of that. Money alone does not make us happy. So be careful, right? It's probably a little bit of a slippery slope. And I like that you talk around that. Yeah, I mean, my wife is a is a is a direct example of this. So she was a she went to school to be a teacher, and in New Jersey, teachers have pensions and they have stability. And uh, she was tenured, so she had a lot of job security. But she loves more than anything competitive cheerleading. Competitive cheerleading is not like the rah rah on the sidelines. This is like when you turn on ESPN and there's like eight people up in the air. Like it's it's very gymnastic, crazy, athletic people doing crazy things. And she's always done this her whole life. She loves it. And she had an opportunity to expand what she did with it from both a coaching and a social media marketing aspect. And it was less money than what she was making in teaching. No pension now, no job security like with with teaching. But when we cumulatively sat down as a family, we said like, hey, we still will have enough tools. So enough money, enough tools to to build the roads out to where we want them to go to. And the amount of happiness that's going to be increased in Lauren's daily life is just you know, hundredfold. And so that's how we went about making a decision. So that's my kind of own real life example of how we use that scale. And you don't just assume, you know, a pension and more money is better. You know, we're here on, on earth to, to, to connect with each other and be, you know, increase our happiness as much as possible, you know, with, with everybody around us. So uh, mm. I always like to share that story as well, because I feel like it's so fitting for that concept. And it is, it's such a great example. All right. As we continue to, I don't want to wrap up, but we're going to, I, you've already been doing this for our, for our listeners, but if you could have that like one last moment of wrapping your arms around them, whether it's a tip or just something that you would want hope and pray that they leave this time together with, what would that look like? Sure. No, I, uh, I like leaving a lot of these, uh, you know, with forgive yourself first, you know, wherever you are right now, that's fine. That's cool. Like that's where you are now. Just the next step forward, that's what you should be looking, you know, looking at. You can make steps forward no matter where you are in life. I don't care where it is. Uh, we have people that have been in credit card debt and all this kind of stuff and are in significantly better positions today than they used to be. You can take a step forward, just start wherever you are now, forgive yourself, and just focus on taking that one next positive step in a in an improving direction. And you know. You know, don't be too tough on, don't be too uh, tough on you is basically what I'm trying to say. Yes. Direction, not perfection, right? <laughs> there you go. I didn't even mean to tie in that well, but yes, perfect. <laughs> yes. Thank you again, Joe, for joining us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Lindsay. Thank you for listening today. Whether you are working with me personally or just letting these podcasts speak into your life, I truly appreciate you trusting me on your journey and I will always have some free materials waiting for you on my website at healthaccountabilitycoach.com. I have habit trackers, meal planning worksheets, blank calendars where you can track your daily successes 
Come check it out and always feel free to reach out if you need any referrals, if you are seeking your own accountability, or if you just want to say hello and provide your beautiful insight and feedback. I appreciate your valuable time and listening ears. This topic served any purpose for you or you can picture that exact person who needed this. I'm always honored when you share the episode. We are making 2022 the year that we are going to pour motivation and inspiration onto others. I also always appreciate it when you leave a review on iTunes and rate the podcast. I send you off with all the praise and momentum you deserve for staying open-minded to new information, keeping that open mind to the idea that our journey will look different now, five years from now, slow and steady, y'all. It's not always instant gratification and not always that exciting but a much gentler and redeeming path that will serve you well throughout all the years and every season of life. Cheers to health and happiness.